What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. He is the best-selling author of Aiming High, public speaker and entrepreneur, featured on CNN, ESPN, US Today, and more. Guys, he's a tremendous person who has gone through a huge life transformation, and he continues to succeed on all aspects of life. Please help me welcome the one and only, the CEO of Prince Marketing Group, Darren Prince. It's time to sweat it out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today we have an amazing guest all the way in California. He is a best-selling author of Aiming High. He's a public speaker and entrepreneur featured on CNN, ESPN, US Today, and more. Guys, please help me welcome the CEO of Prince Marketing Group, Darren Prince. What's up, brother? Hey, man. Thanks for the intro. You're welcome, man. How you been? All good. We're keeping busy. You know, I've been very blessed to uh, you know, create the best version of myself personally and professionally during this pandemic, so I'm not going to complain about That's uh, definitely one of the most important things. And I know before we started the podcast, you said that uh, moving, I know you originally said you were from New Jersey, moving to California was one of the best things for yourself as a person. Definitely would love to dive in a little bit on that and, uh, and that transition phase of what you mean for yourself. How did you better yourself by moving yourself over to California from Jersey? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because early on in recovery, I, um, I didn't like pain. You know, when I was out there using and, uh, this was as big of a Made and I took a leap of faith with my hands. We were still on the river boats and knew that it was time. And hey, hold on one second. Sorry, you kind of like the the yeah, it keeps, it like, keeps in like out. fading in and out, like the not not. The, the, you want me to go closer? Yeah, yeah I think great. I think that yeah, better. It keeps fading in and out. Yeah, right. better. Yeah. Want, should we rerun it? Or? No, just ask him. Yeah, well, just I'll just ask you the you question and we'll again? pick it up from there. Yeah. So okay. All right, Darren. So, just quick question because I know we uh, kind of spoke about this um, off the podcast. You uh, kind of mentioned to me how you left New Jersey and you moved over to California, and you said that you know it was a, it was a transition you had to make for yourself. What does that mean, and what was that self transformation that you had to go through, um, and what was that like moving over? You know, early on in recovery, I struggled with change, but I just started to. Uh, bigger, more solid foundation in recovery. I realized that change is good and you have to embrace it. You know, that, you know there's really no such things as endings. They're all new beginnings. And for me personally, knowing the recovery world on this five, six mile strip out here is, you know, as connected as any, any part of the country. And just business wise, you know, someone in my celebrities are within, you know, 10 to 15 minutes from me. And I took a leap of faith with my then uh, fiance and uh, it's the best decision I ever made. Awesome. Awesome. Aside from getting sober. Yeah, there you go. And you you know, you, you, you mentioned your recovery and I, I happened to look at your Instagram again, right before we hopped on here and I'm a huge Mets fan. And I saw your thing that you posted about, um, you know, talking to, to Daryl strawberry who, you know, if, if anyone's a Mets fan knows, you know, one of the most iconic Mets players from the eighties. And, um, you know, he also struggled with recovery. It, it, um, by what I've been able to read. I wasn't alive back then, but, but what I've been able to read about his history. Um, and I kind of want to get your take. Like, what did it, what did it look like? What did it really mean for you to be able to get sober? And, and what were the ways in which your life really changed for the better after you were able to get sober? You know, I think the big misconception about getting sober is you know, we don't really get addicted to the drugs and the substances and the mood-altering chemicals. We get addicted to escape. We get addicted to not having to deal with life and not having to feel anything. So just putting the substances down, really just 1%. The rest is, you know, the reason working the steps, being a service, finding a higher power of your understanding, whatever it might be, whoever it might be. And I think once I started doing that work, I got to the root cause of the issues without blaming anybody like my parents as the one that himself for whatever reason it might have been. That's when hope and recovery began, obviously, when he got the desperation and uh, slowly but surely the power of choice came back into my 
life and once I became a service and started being involved myself and getting rid of all that crap. Um, that, that's when you know the explosion started happening. But I often say when I speak, it just because it doesn't happen to you. You know, like mm-hmm. always happens. Right. Our perspective and perception changes and how we do all things, and that's the beautiful part of our spirituality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it is a it is a constant battle, right? I I have a couple uh, clients and some former clients of mine that have also gone through this twelve step program, and you know something they always you know have said to me is that you know regardless of the day, they always have to remind themselves about why they are sober, right? Why they're doing the things that they're doing, um, and I think you know not that I wish anyone would have to go through the process of getting sober, right? And, and all of the kind of turmoil that leads you up to, to wanting to get sober in the first place. But I think maybe from what I've learned from, from uh, the few clients that I have that have gone through AA and gone through the 12 step program was, you know, they are able to then use that uh, understanding of it's a constant battle and you always have to work at it in other areas of their life. Right. So was that a big shift that you were able to see too with your career and, and with your family and with your friends where, you know, okay, I'm sober and I'm working on myself, but I also have to understand like, you know, relationships are a process and I have to constantly yeah. be working at them. Business is a, is a process and I have to constantly be working on that. So how did that look for you? Yeah, of course. I mean, my sponsor used to tell me to be careful about switching seats in the Titanic because, you know, I, I was divorced in recovery and, you know, a lot of different women and going to casinos and really just don't show on that behavior early on that, um, you know, was, I might've been chemically sober, but mm-hmm. spiritually and emotionally was my own way acting out. So um, I think that's always there. I think anybody that's in recovery understands we're feel-good junkies and, you know, uh, whatever can give us that instant gratification. Now I just use it for more positive situations like speaking, helping others, um, you know, business. Thank God it's about the best we've ever had in 26 years. And, you know, just being a, a kind, giving, generous person, um, I think that's what really, when I do esteemable acts, that's why I've truly built my own self-esteem. I know those are things that I never would have thought about. I was always, I'd like to, I, I'd like to believe from people tell you a kind person, but when you're on the myth of youth, you know, you're the only priority in your life. Anyway, you want me. Um, but, but to be able to, you know, change these certain behavioral patterns, um, to me is, is incredible because that's really what it's about. You know, it's not just putting down the substances. You want to be better for yourself first. So you could be able to help other people in or outside of recovery mm. and, and constantly stay vigilant. Twelve and a half years means nothing. So at, at the moment or right now, you know, if I was in a 12 step meeting, there's times somebody counting days would be more than somebody with 40 years and nobody better than anybody else. We're on the same playing field once you cross over and, and, and grab onto this uh, seat for, for find wild dreams and, you know, it's a work in progress every day. I'm definitely the best place I've ever been in my life, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Um, and uh, I mean, like I said, there's days it could be a business issue, it could be a personal problem where, you know, if I wind up falling off that beam, it's only for a short period of time. I know exactly how I saw that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's truly amazing to hear, you know, your personal experience and how, you, how you've gone through that, how you continue to go through that. And I want to ask you a question, um, because I know during these times that we're in now, it's easy to get trapped into these bad habits and decision makings and, you know, allowing yourself to get consumed into that. What are some of the tools that you use for yourself and some of the recommendations you would give to other people who are who have been sober um, and are going as well through the sobering process of getting out of of you know their their alcohol issues during a time like this where it's easy to just get that access and fall into that uh, depression or that state of escape uh, when we're such living in a chaotic moment you know i think i i, I speak about this often that you know there's really no excuse um i hear about people relapsing at that time i hear about people making excuses and they don't want to get a better life and they keep drowning their cars or abusing themselves the reality is you got Zoom. You know, you've got calls that you can jump on. There are networks of people, um, spiritual brothers and sisters, 
all over the world, not just the country. Uh, I remember the Malik Tlaqtia in Berlin. And uh, I just think, you know, I always say that we're not responsible for our thoughts, but we are responsible for how we want to think with thoughts. And it's up to us to get out of our own way. Mm. Somebody struggling, whether they're in recovery or not yet there, really putting your focus on somebody else. Trying to help somebody. I've got six people we down in California. I've got two big balconies here in my penthouse, and I've got gym equipment on one there side. for a foam roller. I, I don't care. I just Ooh. make sure. You know, I get that 45 minutes and start the day. Um, just get this natural dopamine going, those endorphins. Aside from the crazy agent life, you know, what happens. And I've got a lot of people in my world that are having problems financially, depression, wise. And I know if I don't put Darren Prince in it, well, I definitely got to say that there's there's a there's a truth to the saying that there is no perfect time, and I'm a huge believer in that. You know, and that's something I work with my own clients is there is no perfect time to start. There is no perfect time to do anything. You just got to do it. If you want it, you yep. got to do it. Because in life, you know, COVID being one of the things, you know, family emergencies, birthday parties, events, uh, family death. Uh, this person got injured. This one got sick. There's shit going on all the time throughout our day, throughout our lives. And in everybody's lives. So if yeah. you're just waiting for that perfect moment to start, then when are you going to start? Because if we have stuff going on all the time, then you'll never start. You know, and that's one of the biggest things that I think a lot of people have trouble is with is they think that there is a perfect moment when in reality there isn't. You just got to start doing it now and you got to start yeah. putting in the work, the action, and you got to just start wanting it. Because if you do, that's how you got to go after it. Um, with that being said, with... And now on the other side of things, more on the business side, how did that look for you when you started your own business? Um, what made you want to dive into it, stick to it, get through it, understanding that business is, is not the easiest thing for anybody to start up and actually succeed in? Obviously, it shows that you have uh, succeeded tremendously. And how was that process? And how did that look like and what made you want to stick to it, understanding that you were going to encounter obstacles um, and understanding that, you know, you got to just go for it because th th there is no perfect time? Well, you know, I started, I was a young entrepreneur at 14. I started a baseball card company that grew into a multi-million dollar business by the time I was 19. I sold that company. I Celebrity collectibles and autograph signings. I sold that company at 25 and I started Prince Marketing. Don't, don't get me started with the collectibles. Oh my God. No, I'll never if hear the fucking end room, of it. If you see you I don't got... understand. <laughs> I'll never hear the fucking end of it if you. Um, uh, and the funny thing is, guys, I'm back into my, my company was Prince of Cards, and a lot of people tell me you know, I was one of the OGs back in the late 80s and the 90s. And um, I was there for the crazy boom and all this stuff happened. And, um, now I'm back in it, but I'm back in it as an investor. And I'm so we we got to chat. We got to chat afterwards. Although, I couldn't yeah, tell you. Like, I couldn't tell you how many of these miniature fucking fo signed football helmets we have in here. <laughs> oh my uh, god! Over ten, if and I, he's if like, I can walk you around. Hold on, this is one of my pride and joys. I'm a diehard Charger fan. I need to say, but this is a team signed Super Bowl helmet from wow. 1994. That's wow, insane. that's Only legendary. Junior say. Junior Sale passed away. Rest like, in peace, man. So wow. I, I have so much stuff for my clients and, you know, Larry Bird, Matt Johnson, Ali, Dupree, who clients, Mike Tyson. I've got all boxing gloves over there. Awesome. I never really got into collectibles for anything, but I, I think just great conversation piece. But the cards right now I've been crazy with. So, you know, when I started, back to your question, when I started the agency, you know, I, 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 I think – um, I always have to be careful when I say this to kids that you know, definitely the opiate addiction helped. It really <laughs> be a networking machine, whether it was Kobe Bryant at an event or whoever, I was able to. You just didn't, you didn't years. give a fuck. You had no nerve. I don't know when it turned on me. At one point, it was living to use, turned out to use. Mm -hmm. Seven years into that uh, ride that I thought was the ride of a lifetime, I was working hell. And now those opiates became my purpose. And uh, until I found recovery on July 2nd, 2008. And you know, now I'm sober dealing in this big time world with some of the most revered icons of all time. And I have to figure out how to deal with issues sober and not run to a bottle, uh, snort up you know, a handful of octaves or perfect. 
just deal with life. And, and I think gradually anybody that does make that life changing decision to get sober, you actually get acclimated to your brain get reprogrammed. Physiologically, you start feeling different. I think each and every time you get through a situation that might be tough at your job, your career, a tragedy, little by little, your spiritual core is getting that much stronger. And that's just how it started happening for me. No, off the bat, I got to say that um, the fact you're sharing that, I think it's, inc- first of all, that transparency is amazing. And I know a lot of people are going to be able to digest this and, and, and realize as well that people see entrepreneurs like yourselves and, and like other successful individuals, and they might say, you know, they have it the best. They have it made. They don't go through anything. They have everything want. And it's not true. You know, it's not no. true. And you sharing your story, for example, look, you know, sharing what you've gone through, sharing these transformations, you know, finding yourself, you know, going through going through these issues and now also too, shifting over, being sober, having to do all these things at a high level and figure out these problems versus when you were doing this, um, so you can network like crazy, have more of that speed and understanding that, you know, it's not the healthiest thing long term and you shouldn't be doing it. Um, and it's not going to make you a high performer at the end of, of your life or your career. And I think a lot of people will only see what they see in front, which is posted on social media, the magazines, TV. And then that's what they're like, okay, well, you know, they have it best. And when they start, when you actually hear these stories on podcasts and when you hear information that successful entrepreneurs are telling you, and we've heard many, and it's incredible just sit, sit back and let that soak in and make you realize that, you know, these celebs, these entrepreneurs, these successful individuals, they go through a lot of stuff, even yeah. more than some people that you, that are just, you know, I don't want to say regular individuals, but you're considered a regular individual go through, you know? And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And, and they just have this one way of looking at celebs and entrepreneurs, not understanding the other side of it. Yeah, no, exactly. A hundred percent. Whether they have money or success or not, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've got plenty of, life challenges and problems. You know, don't get me wrong. I like to say money buys temporary happiness, temporary happiness, but it doesn't buy permanent happiness. Not at all far from it because, you know, truly I thought it was my height. You know, I didn't want to live anymore. My life and parents, my will set up and none of that meant anything. I, I, I was telling one of my good friends the other day and I'm in such a great place that if I was, if I was to lose everything tomorrow, success all this stuff the crazy thing is i know i'd be okay because with recovery and spirituality i know it would be time to turn the page like look back and say what an amazing life i've had for 20 years a heartbreaking part would be i wouldn't have my staff of you know 10 agents and my family um but other than that putting that aside you know when you truly find yourself on the inside and you know who you are that you finally arrived on your mission in life, everything else is a bonus. Yeah, no, it, it truly is. Uh, I'm curious, how did you get your start as a sport agent? Like, what was what was your entry into that industry? When, when I had the sports and celebrity memorabilia company, Harlan Warren was Muhammad Ali's agent. Okay. And uh, I met him through a mutual friend. We did our first photograph with Muhammad back in 1994. And we started booking a lot of other athletes and celebrity autograph signings. I did that for a few years. And Matt Johnson through the same individual early I mean, his and started forming relationships with them. You know, these guys in for hours at a time as you're signing stuff, you're taking them to conventions, you're in the limousines on a plane with them and developing a real family type of vibe and trust. And when I started the agency, I got in a lot of trouble too much about in my book gaming high with the FBI for selling fraudulent photographs that I don't realize were in fraudulent or fraudulent. And I looked at that as at that time, you know what, maybe it's time to really go to the next chapter. And I always wanted to be an agent of my dad may rest in peace only on a fly fishing trip in Alaska. You know, um, I was like, I think I need to go to law school. Is like law school? You need to go to law school. Look at the people that you know, because life is about who you know, not what you know. You don't need law school. Go to we're just talking go to Magic yeah, or Muhammad or speak to any one of these, you know, kings that you know love you and respect you and tell them what you want to do. And he they talk to Magic, ninety four, ninety five, and he agreed my first client for Barkley Group. 
Wow. Wow. What an incredible first client that is. Yeah. You know, it's got to feel, yeah. you got to feel and amazing. Then the, list, lock in. the list after that was incredible. You know, it was Joe Fraser, Pamela Anderson, Chevy Chase, Hogan, Dennis Rodman, um, Carmen Electra. Yeah, and uh, family vibe now. I mean, I think the majority of the phone calls I have with any of my clients um, are about life. You know, Carly Sheen and I spoke yesterday for 30 minutes. He's doing great. Just about life, a little bit about business, and, and that that's to me is what's so special. I'm able to to have that bond with them, and, and for them to really, really respect my mission. Uh, you know, as being a global recovery advocate, so much more so when it brings to the table in business because they're all somehow impacted. By this chemical yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, now that uh, that celebrity lifestyle, right, kind of drives that type of. Uh, action, you know, so it's got, it's got to be great that they have someone to kind of reference that's gone through a similar thing uh, that they might be going through at any time. And yeah, and when they have, and when they have friends that are suffering, some of them never had a problem like I did. And they asked me, Hey, what would you do? And well, I'm just like, they're, you know, a, a family friend or somebody that contacted me on Instagram or anywhere saying, we've got a lot of women suffering. Well, what, what, what can we do? Mm-hmm. So it's amazing because now they come to me for the advice because they yeah. see that I've right. been able to do one thing perfect. I haven't done everything flawless or perfect, but the one thing I've done for 12 and a half years is not a, a substance in my life. Yeah, and what an incredible mix of uh, high-performing, you know, individuals and characters that you've had to have had the uh, the ability to work with in the past. Uh, any any like interesting stories that come off the top of your head that are that are you know pretty funny? I mean, there's so many. I can tell you the clients you can ask me. I, I mean, with Chevy, with Chevy Chase alone, I'm sure you probably have a thousand stories. That guy's a whole yeah. Che- Chevy and Chevy's doing great too. I saw him about a month and a half ago. You used to we used to party together back in the mid '90s and go to a pool hall and drink and do our thing. And uh, he, he 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 was uh, amazing back. Back then, any, it was any, super, uh, super any, proud. Any stories down here in Miami in our in our hometown? Yeah, probably too many. <laughs> probably none that we could tell I, on this I, podcast. I don't think I have enough time to tell yeah. you about the Dennis <laughs> stories. Oh my down god, in Miami! And yeah, I think wow. you guys have probably heard or seen them for yourself because there's there's a laundry list. But, were, um, were you with him during the whole like you know like wedding dress years when he was? Yeah, I with just Madonna? started working with them when that wedding dress thing happened. It was crazy. We were at a convention the day before in Westchester, in White Plains, New York. It was motor her name was Gloria Roski and I booked him for an autograph signing he had a another full-time player agent then and Dennis was like dude I'm getting married tomorrow why don't you come to the wedding and it was one of the biggest mistakes I made I was dating this girl Elise and I had a couple autograph signings booked the next day for Muhammad Ali in Chicago so I had to be there no internet back then I just think it is the there was two people could have married it could have been madonna or it could have been this woman that he posed uh semi-naked with and played like stacy yarbar who was an extrovert girlfriend yeah whatever it's no big deal but <laughs> yeah. the minute i land in the airport he's breaking news on every team he said seeing him and i missed one of the most epic pop culture moments of the 90s is I, I i didn't know what the heck he was talking about but I, we, I, we, we laughed about it after the fact yeah what an what an incredible uh you know life dennis rodman had has had, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know. me and my boy, Chris Lobo, uh, we've organized every trip to North Korea. Yeah. Wow. Really? Wow. That's, that's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, did you ever think when you started working with Dennis Rodman that he would like him and Trump would be the only two people that ever re- crossed into North Korea from him, from America? I know. Right. I know. And Trump and, uh, um, Sarah Saunders, she called him and he was in Singapore right before the summit. My boy Bo was with him, and she thanked him for his service. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, you know, the Dennis Rodman opened up the door for our president uh, to meet with him. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, only the time that we live in, like in today's age, could could this really be pulled off? Yeah, it's incredible. You know, but kudos to him for you know having. I mean, he has a great relationship. It seems like with Kim Jong Un, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, kudos to him for for being the one that says, you know, like I have the access. I have a good relationship. Let me step in and try to make things work. And it seems like things are a little better. He, he had no fear when I told him about the documentary that was happening. I mean, just cover my ass, bro. I'll make sure I'm safe. <laughs> I'll meet this guy. Because you never know. Maybe I could introduce him to Obama. And at that time, mm. I was uh, actually May of 2013. And then he went up home back five times. Wow. Unreal. That's pretty crazy. Unreal. No, man. Like, it. It's just mind-boggling to just uh, see the, the, the 
the collective group of individuals that you've worked with and um, have partaken with as clients, obviously family members, obviously through this through the time being, you build up these relationships with. And there's one thing that you mentioned going back how now with your clients, you talk more about life. Um, yeah. And I think it's amazing because I don't feel that back then that was as big as it is now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I just feel like more people are realizing that understanding others like people's personal lives and what they're going through um and what they're doing it do you need help is actually helping the performance of when you do have them as a client or in doing business where i think before it was just always like all right you're doing business with me that's it you're my client that's it okay you work for me that's it this and this and it's not like okay but dude how are you doing how are you feeling like how are things going like i feel like now there's a, a bigger awareness around that um, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would definitely love to, you know, dive into a little bit about that, comparing how that was back in the 90s uh, when you were working with these individuals compared to how it was now, you know, having seen these shifts in yourselves and, and in many of your clients. Uh, it's a good point. I mean, I think in general, the, the world is trying to inspire and evolve and to be the best people we can be, especially podcasts like you guys have and Eddie Lewis Bowser, my boys, and Gary Vee, and I see what they're doing, and Joel, excuse me, I've got a picture right here of me That's and amazing. Joel holding my book up. Um, and, and, you know, I think these messages are out there for a reason, and we're gravitating towards them. I mean, Thanksgiving, I spoke to Magic for a half hour. 29 minutes was about life and missing my dad and how proud he is of me, and I'm giving to the universe. But I spoke to Hulk the night before, you know, Carmen Electra, and it's not name dropping their family to me. But my point is, Rick Flair and Wendy, his wife, uh, Charlie Chevy, Janie Chase, um, Holly Saunders, uh, I mean, Jerry West called me on Thanksgiving. Um, it, it's just the logo. The logo, call, that's right. Every single call literally ends with, I love you. It's mm, amazing. Either they say it or I say it. And that's special because. It just shows it's so much more than the money. Anybody, anybody can make any of our clients money. That that's not the hard part. But you know, I asked into my father. At least told me about relationship building. And um, you know, I, I don't care who it is. If, if if they need me, whatever time it is, I'm the first one to come. And even right now during the pandemic, whatever, whatever it takes, because they're my family. You know, we look out for one another. 100%. And uh, you know, we we talk about life with one another. When, gets tough we deal with it with one another and um you know as an agent professionally if they're going through something well then you know i'm in a good solid safe place right now for myself where i'm that bulletproof vest so if i could get out there to the media and you know take the heat on some things doesn't happen often but i'm prepared to do it i mean got to make sure my office my office knows everybody that works for me that their job is to make my life easy so I can focus on recovery. I can focus on the business and make sure I look good at all times. Well, we my go. job is celebrity is right that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, no, and media and, and everything going on. And so whatever it is, if, if they need me, I'm there. Uh -huh. Yeah. And when you spend, when you do spend so much, you know, critical time with these people during these transformative moments in their lives, right? It does become second nature where they become family. You know, we, we say it all the time with how we feel about our clients and it's something that we recommend to younger people in, in every occupation, you know, like get close with the people that you're working with, right? Like don't just call it a day after they leave whatever office or mm -hmm. room that you're in, right? Find out more about them. I mean, we, who do we have on? Uh, we had a, a guy who uh, we had the CEO for uh, Roan Fitness Apparel and mm -hmm. he, he talked about, um, how he went out for one of his employees and he, his employee had like a son who loved trucks. So he went out and bought him like one of those remote control, like drivable yeah. trucks, you know, stuff like that yeah. though really learn, makes learn a huge to study your, your, what your clients um, really love. And if it's like his, that example, he, he's, he understood that his client really loved everything that had to do with his children. So yeah. if you give somebody, you do something for their children, they're going to really admire that because that's what makes them, Filled. Hulk told me years ago, brother, if you're not close with Brooke and Nick, I ain't going to like you. My kids are everything. <laughs> and they're, they're like younger brothers and sisters. And after Roy Jones Jr.'s fight against Mike Tyson, he's 
been our guy for 17 years. I shot him a text. Hey, Jeff, I bet you can't wait to get back to Pensacola and do some fishing. He was incredible, though. That fight was incredible. personal. I'm not sitting here saying the world loved the fight. It was entertaining. We're going right. to crush it on business. No, it's a personal. You know, the other stuff is easy. But, you know, he got a kick out of that one. Yeah, I bet. That was, that was an incredible fight to see him and Tyson back in the ring there, yeah. you know? like I, yeah. think, I think also, too, it was incredible to see the humbleness on both sides. Yep. You know, how humble both of them were being. Yeah. But he can still yep. throw some hands, Roy Jones Jr. Yep. Like yeah, he's, right. he's still I, got I it. Like in, that yeah. fit, in that fifth round, he had a little flash of greatness with that speed, that hand speed and back. Like, <laughs> yeah. up, and know? you could see the comp- even after even after when they were being interviewed, you know, he still had that fire, that competitiveness. He's like, I don't want no don't damn do draw. I yeah, do I don't do draws. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Tyson's over there like, hey, man, you know, I'm going to go back yeah. to Tyson Ranch and smoke some weed. Yeah. Mike's a great guy too, man. He's made some amazing changes in his life. It's, it's incredible. It sure and Dennis was on his podcast. He put me on with him and said, "Word for word, that some of the best people he ever met in his life were in AA." Wow! 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 Yeah. That's truly amazing. Well, I definitely would love to dive in a little bit on something that you mentioned. Um, I know it got mentioned like twice or three times about you know money not being everything. Um, but also, too, yes, I know you mentioned at the beginning, money can get you somewhat a short-term uh, happiness or can get you to a certain level, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Where do you find the balance of understanding when is money good, when it's needed, um, how to go about it, but not letting it consume you to the point where it drowns you as well? I think if your motive, motive is right with money, that's the key. If it's not about me and I, and what I could do if I get this done, or what can I do if this door opens? Or I, I think even when I was out there using, was I that way? I mean, if I was that way at certain points, it's because my own underlying insecurities. I wanted to be like Aaron Prince and made it, bought a hundred power sports car, twenty, bought a big townhouse, uh, had all the Rolexes and stuff. This is me. There's not a piece of jewelry. I'm in sweatpants most of the day. The girls come here, uh, beautiful bedroom penthouse. We work at it. Back in New Jersey, my other guy Nick from Beverly Hills, and um, you know they kind of know me. It's like when something big goes down, when there's a big opportunity or a big deal, my my brain immediately goes, "Okay, I know, and I help this person after." Mindset is about us when it comes to success and money. I think God truly blesses people that way, so you can be. It's mm-hmm. nobody, nobody wants to be around you know, you, 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 I believe that it's a blessing when you have that ability of abundance when it comes to wealth. Uh, you know, there's only so much you can take, you know, like I could go buy a crazy expensive sports car tomorrow if I want to. It doesn't mean anything. I could buy another 50 on me anymore. I look at the people in my world and point outside my circle and email and random social media posts about charities and initiatives. And my thought process immediately, well, I did that one, this one, within reason, because that, that's what brings me Well, I can definitely say that, you know, just, you know, based on your answer, obviously, you know, comparing to what you said before, the sports cars and the Rolexes to where everything you have going on now, that huge transformation and, and being on both sides of, you know, having the flash to like, hey, I don't need the flash and getting to see the benefit of that. Um, but at the same time, still consume the enjoyment of what you're doing with your clients and still being able to use money in a positive way. I think it's amazing you sharing that information because I know a lot of people are going to be able to consume that, you know, the right way and correctly. And look, no, don't get me wrong. It, it, who doesn't love money? But at the end of the day, yeah. like you said, it's how you use it and how you go about it. And if you don't abuse it and you don't use it the wrong way, um, that's when you're going to be able to see the fruitfulness out of it and not let it hurt you in the long run. Um, yeah. When it comes to, you know, the way that you are managing your team now during the COVID uh, uh, crisis and, and everything that we're going through, what was the difference? Because um, I know you mentioned your team a few times and I can tell you really care about your team. What was the difference between the way you were handling things back then to the way you're handling things now, what are things that have changed? And also what are some of the main core values that you've kept holding through since the beginning? I mean, back then there was definitely mood swings and instability, um, just ways I dealt with it. I would just myself in my room, 
you know, a bunch of Red Bulls and, you know, pills and, you know, Tussinex cough syrup and vitamins, whatever it could have been, garbage. And now, you know, for everybody to see, I live for the pressure. I live for the first moments. That's what makes me make. And I've had so many interviewers and even celebrity clients that have never seen somebody have an emotional foundation to deal with some of this stuff. Like, bring it. Because, you know, I don't learn anything good about myself when life is great. I learn that when I grow, I got to be right in the thick of things. I got to be right in the middle of that barrel, uh, grinding it out. And, you know, I welcome it. And uh, that's a huge difference because all I did 12 plus years ago was numb out when this moment's happened. I didn't want to be. Yeah, no, I, I, I truly believe that it's important that you really go seek out those challenges yourself, right? Like take, take initiative and try to go find some challenge in your life, because if not, and things do get either, you know, complacent or even if things are good, uh, you lose sight of what it really takes, or you can lose sight of what it really takes to push through those hard times, right? Yeah. If it gets too good for too long, then you just expect that this is how it's going to be. Or if it's, or if it's miserable, right? You just expect that that's what it is. But the act of actually, you know, putting your intention into something that is difficult to achieve for you, right? In my opinion, always brings you out a better person on the other side. Right. You oh I've never been in a situation I know Mendez can attest to this, right? Where like I've struggled through something but forced myself to do it. And then I, I looked at, back at who I was before and I'm like, Oh, I was a better person then. You know, yeah. n- never, right? I uh trial through fire, right? It's it's so important and I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up. No, it it it's so true. I mean I think again going back to that mindset really you know, you have to like Joel Olstein says Life isn't happening, you know, to you. It's happening for you. Mm-hmm. And you know, people need to remember that instead of, oh, my God, and I can't believe this. Why me? Just my luck. Those are all negative thought processes, negative behavioral patterns. That negative space energetically. So you can take that deep breath and, you know, again, you don't need to be in, or in recovery or dealing with substance abuse. Everyday people, mm-hmm. they're listening. It's that simple that deep breath and like, okay, you know, how can I get through this? You know, what blessing is going to come out of the other side? Um, if you're religious, great. If you're spiritual, throw a little Hail Mary prayer out there. And for some reason, and if we make a list of a hundred things that we're going to stress out about over the next six months, 99 of them aren't going to happen that way. And the one that might go a little bit sideways usually turns out to be the best blessing that's ever happened to you. One hundred percent. Just don't get that, but you gotta gotta have that patience, perseverance, time to to go through the motions. And when you come out on the other side, you'll see it. Right, right. I wanna I wanna ask you a question. So you know, I know we talked a little bit off camera um, <clears throat> about uh, Syracuse, and they had a pretty decent uh, uh, you know sports management program. And I always had uh, my former or my former uh, you know colleagues in in school. Always, I, I could always remember them saying like, oh, I want to get and be, become a sports agent. I want to work with athletes. I want to do this, but it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. What were some piece of it? Uh, what are some pieces of advice that you could give people, uh, some of our listeners who might be listening that are interested in getting into uh, the sports management side of things, but maybe don't know where to start or where to look? Um, what, what's some uh, pieces of advice that you might be able to lend to them? The question comes up all the time. I get emails, DMs on Instagram, people asking for mentorship. Now, my way was extremely unorthodox because most people do go to law school or. Sounds, um, sounds like my you life. Know, get, get, yeah. Get, yeah, get, get an entry level position with an agency and grow from there. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't suggest my way because it's more like one in a billion. Very few people, if any, came from the collectibles industry in the baseball card world to. You know, signing Magic Johnson. thing I do know is, yeah, I, I know the way athletes and celebrities like to be treated. And it's not about kissing their ass. It's being honest with them. It's being honest as much as you possibly can. If you screw up, own it, you know, and um, you're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. But for somebody truly trying to get into it, I know the agencies, most of the big ones are off right now because COVID, but at that entry level position, put your ego aside and just grow. You know, I presented a lot of opportunities for people in the sports and entertainment marketing world once this uh, 
pandemic is up because, you know, a lot of agencies that are left started their own practices. Mm-hmm. I think, think a lot of mid-level people are no longer there. And uh, it's going to be first come, first serve. And, you know, if it's, you want to go for it, it's definitely what you're doing. With an agency that already does what you want to do. Uh huh. Yeah, it blows my mind too because I I hear that a lot when when you tell people like, well, listen, you might have to intern for a little bit, bud, or you might, you know, like you might have to take that entry level position and you know exactly. curb your curb your ego. And they're like, well, I can't, I can't do that. I, you know, I'm like, I I used to work in collegiate strength and conditioning myself when I was in undergrad and grad school, and one of the big things I always kind of fall back on that I'm proud of is like, you know, I interned for six years for free. I didn't take not right. one penny. You know. Waking up at 4.30 a.m., being in the gym by 5, I wasn't leaving until, you know, all the athletes left at whatever time, 10, 11 p.m. And they're like, that's crazy. I can't believe you did that. It's like, well, my goal at the time was to be a collegiate strength and conditioning coach. The only way for me to do that was to get a GA spot. And I was only going to get a GA spot if I busted my ass in this weight room and he wasn't going to pay me for it. You know? So if that was the only option I had and that was my goal, I wasn't going to let anything get in my way, no matter if it was, you know, not making a penny and eating peanut butter sandwiches and I won't get one free meatballs from <laughs> from Publix yeah. for a couple of years. You yeah. know, you, you got to do what you got to do. And you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You know, and uh, I just I just wish more people would embrace the suck that comes yep. with all of the glory that might come later. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then also, too, during that side time, you have to put your ego side and, and eat the shit for a while. You got to put yourself around the right people. And I'm, and I'm saying that because I know for myself, like, you know, and that's why when you said unorthodox, like I use that all the time. I'm like, he's one of the most unorthodox people. I, I've ever like met. people just act, like, dude, I don't even know how that like, how do you live? How do you do? And it's just like, that's how I operate, you know? And it's just like my whole life I've operated like that. And, and it's funny because I, if I didn't operate like that, I don't know what other way I would operate. And it's just yeah. who I am. It's in my DNA. Yeah. And one of the biggest things I tell people is, when I've gone through all the shit that I've eaten and gone through the nitty gritty, I always align myself with the right people and I talk to everybody and um, I network. Um, I make sure that I'm hanging around with the right people and I'm not scared to ask either. You know, and I tell people all the time that, you know, you have to put yourself out there, do the stuff you're supposed to do, eat the shit, you know, and then put yourself with those right people, ask questions, ask away and just be around the, 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 the group of individuals that you want to become one day. Yep. Exactly. You, you have to. If you're the smartest person in any room, you got to find another room. Mm-hmm. That's exactly yeah. right. No, I hate being in those rooms where I'm the smartest. You know, <laughs> that's why I don't go around my family that often. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Darren, what's what's the 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 next big step for you with everything that you got going on, whether it's for yourself or for your business or both? You know, my myself is just you know, plan on holding on to the seed one day at a time. You know, I just. Uh, it gives me you know, happiness to just be out there. This message, you know, every week, every other day, whatever it is I got to do from interviews, speaking engagements, because I know so many people. You know, I know I found through my pain, my purpose in life, and I found my soul on the journey. And I always thought it was about the so-called super agent life. And it makes me uncomfortable even hearing that word because you know, ego, that was crushed on July 2nd, 2008. I know nobody work for special people and uh you know the business is doing tremendously i signed oscar de la jolla as a client a couple months ago congrats years since i moved out here denise richard carly sheen carmen electra holly saunders last week uh, week she has a bunch of great branding deals that are going i mean it just happens and i think it's energy that i put out into the universe it's beautiful Mm -hmm. but because back to that, I know when I'm being blessed, the first thing I'm going to be is blessing other people. Monetarily, spiritually, um, recovery. I've got great relationships. Treatment center is near and dear to me. I've got 14 properties. I've got my own foundation, maybe my foundation. Other ones, we use all the proceeds to get people help for substance abuse. And, Amazing. Um, What's the foundation called? Aiming High Foundation. Aiming High Foundation. If there's any and way then, that we can uh, help and support, support it and, and promote, we'd be more than happy to promote support it as well. Yes, of course. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, and then I've got this other platform, which are for more VIPs, which is Elite Home Detox. And they, you know, they can detox in our home for over, of course, seven days with real doctors and nurses. And then Incredible. get you the psychotherapy that you need and advise on where to go for support. Things never would have happened in my life if I didn't get support. Yeah, and it gives me an arsenal now of having so many different ways to help that 
they need and they can afford scholarship and that's the best thing in the world yeah wow it's been it's been amazing i mean i know that we're we're getting close to an hour and i know men is going to have some rapid fire questions i just wanted to say thank you uh darren it's amazing to hear stories from people who go through you know very traumatic experiences in their life right like probably what you went through going and getting sober uh, and everything that happened before had to have taken, you know, a lot of guts, a lot of internal thinking, a lot of support around you from your friends and family um, and loved ones. And to be able to see how you made such a big turnaround, right? And and the the mindset that you have behind blessing other people, right? And and making sure other people are taken care of so that uh, you, in fact, can can be taken care of but also working that back the other way, right? Taking care of yourself so you can take care of other people. And, and to see the success and to, to see the, the you know, impact that you've had in, in your client's life and, and in, the, in the lives of the people that I know that you're working with in, in, your, um, in your charity, I, it's been tremendous. And I, and I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I really do. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. How can people find you uh, what, and what's the best way to reach out to you? So Instagram is at agent underscore DP. Uh, Darren Prince from Los Angeles on Facebook. Uh, any sort of business is marketinggroup.com. It's official darrenprince.com. That's, uh, you know, my mission online talks a little bit about business. Important to me. So if anybody needs help, anybody wants free hard copies of the book, I send them out all the time. The publisher sends them out. Um, all they have to do is message me on uh, the website. Uh, or the uh, Instagram, send us our address, your email. We'll send out hardcover books, uh, aiming high to anybody that wants them. Great, I'm about to get yeah, mine right yeah, after well, this. We're definitely going to hop off, get ours, and hit you up. So, guys, you heard it, free copy. You can't you can't get better than that. Um, so, Darren, once again, before I hit you with the lightning round, I want to say thank you so much. You know, it's incredible to hear your story, what you've done, the types of clientele you work with, the way you form the family with them, the way you are with your team, the way that you've discovered yourself and, and really have the best of both sides now of, you know, understanding how to be happy with the wealth, but also understanding how to be happy after being sober and understanding that the wealth isn't everything um, and there's more to life than what it is. So really appreciate you on that. No, um, this is good. My girls, Mathilda, and Joy are out to speak because of the shutdown, so I miss them. So this is a perfect way to distract me. There you go. I'm with you two guys. Yeah, awesome. Sounds good to hear. Glad we could fill in. Exactly. <laughs> so time to hit you with some uh, questions. Uh, question number one. Um what is your thoughts and what are some of the things that you like um, from the sports agency side that Gary V and his brother are working on? That, that what we're working on? That Gary, v, that Gary V and his brother are doing. A couple more times. Sorry. Um, so on the on the sports agency side, um, I know that Gary V and his brother opened up a sports agency not too long ago. What are, yep. your, what are your thoughts on that and, and some of the things that they're doing? I mean, I think it's great. He didn't just do that. His agency booked Ric Flair for us last year in his somber Super Bowl commercial. So wow. he's really in the in the middle of it. It's not just representing talent. It's representing the brand. It carries the powerhouse. He has an incredible message um, right now. And I tell people all the time, for me, when it comes to recovery and just that right mindset, make sure you follow Gary V. Say, wake up every morning on your Instagram page. Just see his messages. And there's a handful of others like Jay Shetty, Lewis Cows, Tony Robbins, but Gary's right in the middle of it, man. You know, he's, we were together at the national convention last year in Chicago. He's a deep wrestling guy. And um, I had him meet Hulk and, uh, I'm not Joe man with Hulk. And I took uh, to Gary's office a few years ago. It's amazing. Special. And he's just this little ball of energy that like comes (laughs) off like this giant. And, uh, yeah, he's going to keep crushing it in anything he does. So, I'm sure before you know it, Banner Sports Group is going to be a major powerhouse. Well, hopefully, if he buys the Jets, he can just sign, you know, a bunch of your <laughs> yeah. a, a bunch of your clients. You know, it'll yeah. be it'll be a win win. Yeah. There you That's go. It. His his lifelong dream. Yeah. Uh, question number two: What's the craziest and wildest experience you ever had in your career? Other than seeing Dennis it's Rodman been in a dress, I, probably <laughs> yeah. I talked about in the intro of my book being orchestrating. Being half of it because Harlan Muhammad's rep wasn't in town, but he assisted tremendously with Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier to meet dinner the night before the game. 
suffered in Philadelphia. And wow. you know, not being able to be present in that moment because I was turning off to cotton some purposes to my hotel an hour before either one of these things knew. I love to respect me more than ever respect myself. And here I am, you would have thought, on top of the World Center Center for the All-Star Game the next day and be present. I couldn't be there in the moment. Wow. So, uh, I just didn't feel worthy of it. And uh, fast forward, 2011-2016, first for Joe Frazier's funeral, where uh, Muhammad and his wife Lonnie to Joe's funeral. Um, as you know, 16, I went there and I, wow. I looked back and I was like, you know what? Don't be so hard on yourself about what happened in 2002 because you do not believe up when these two, you know, iconic figures passed uh, away. And uh, that, that gave me closure. Truly amazing. Truly, truly amazing. Last and final question. What's the biggest piece of advice you can leave off to all our listeners today in one sentence? Uh, I think my, my line that people love every time I say when I speak, that when you become spiritual, got to remember, say what you mean, mean what you say, and don't say it mean. And your life will change forever. Wow, that's Speaking incredible. I love that. People. Yeah. You can add two more people to that list that love that. So 100%. You know, there's always an odd audience. I've neon lights with that above my bed. So I remember it every night before I go to bed. Because Great. You keep this shut and you listen more and you're able to control your emotions, life just becomes so much better. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank well, you so much, man. This this has been an awesome experience. Really great chatting with you. We definitely would love to stay connected and support you in every way possible. And when you're down here in Miami, we'll definitely love to have you in here live. Awesome. Yeah, Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Darren. Hope you have a great thank week. You, Darren. And send your really address. We'll send you some bucks. Awesome. I we'll love great. that. Yeah. Everyone, right. make sure you guys, everyone listen. Yep. Make sure you guys Whoever wants them. We got awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Darren. Thank you. Until next time, guys. Take care. Thank you for listening to Sweat It Out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.